in the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unopinion. My name is George Knapp. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are a podcast where two brothers analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, here with my brother Chris for the special patrons only episode. Oh, that's right. I forgot this was just patrons, dude. So uh, happy to be here, Paul. (laughs) Do you not want to do your intro? No, dude, I don't do intros on the Patreon, dude. This is for the good. This are close friends, dude. Oh, I, I liked it, though. All right, well, we were going to do, I'm the George R.R. R. Martin to your book six of A Song of Ice and Fire, and that it's taken us almost a year to give you this episode. Over a year, Chris. Over a year. Oh, over a year. Oh, my Lord. It is. I can't believe- yeah. It's almost October. We've been doing this podcast for over a year. I know it's a little shocking. We have not talked Mel's Hole since July of 2022 to the point where I had to repost the first Mel's Hole in the Patreon just because I was worried that people either hadn't listened to it at all because it was episode eight, if you can believe that. Episode eight? Yeah. And as you know, we've gotten a lot of listeners since episode eight, and I don't know if everyone's listened to the archive. <laughs> yeah, that was in dude, I was going to say that's going early in, too. Yeah. Great job uh, producing this, Paul. You know, that's what I'm here for, Chris, uh, for just the del- the reason why people have stayed with us for so long is because they've been waiting for Mel's Hole Part 2. That's um, right. We're going to see a serious drop off of the listener <laughs> uh, retention. Well, don't worry, because there are hours and hours of Mel Hole, Mel's Hole, Chris. There's like five or six total hours of Mel. And... Um, this is only going to be part two. This is going to be a three-parter. So, you know, expect part three next year, probably. <laughs> maybe maybe December of 2025. We'll yeah, up. I was going to say in a decade, we'll give you part three. No, I'm kidding. What I want to do, because we're, we're getting into Spooktober, that starts next week. So um, I want to do part three in November, so there's not such a long delay. Right. Perfect. But that sounds awesome. We'll get there. Uh, but as always, thank you for being a Patreon subscriber. You keep the show running. We love you. We love you so much more than those peasants on the public feed. Absolutely, dude. Moochers. Straight up moochers, man. But, you know, these are the real OGs here hanging with us yeah. on Patreon. So, Chris, Number one fans. are you ready to get into Mel's Hole Part 2? I got to know what happens, dude. You've left me on a year-long cliffhanger. So actually, I'm kind of curious. Do you want to do a recap of part one? Just like in maybe two or three sentences. Can you recap part one for us if you remember at all? So we got Mel who's up in Oregon and he finds a hole in his backyard that people have just been throwing trash in for decades, apparently. And so he finally decides, hey, I wonder how deep this thing goes. He has put in about what, like a hundred miles of shark fishing rope. I think it was around eighty. Naturally, had because he was a (laughs) shark fisherman as well. Yeah. 
And so, and I remember specifically Art being a little upset because he was putting uh, old uh, television ray tubes down into the hole, which Art was very ticked off because he's like, I think you're going to have an EPA problem there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, because there's groundwater and you're not going to throw television tubes down holes. Yeah, because there's like radium in them. Yeah. That's like pouring just like oil down a hole or like, oh, I don't dude, know, it's just bad things. It's actually worse because there's nuclear material. Oh, is for real? Yeah, I'm pretty it's sure. Well, there you go. Don't do that. And the, the only other piece I'll add to that, though, Chris, is that he did also share a story about someone who threw their dead dog down the hole yes. that then came back to life. Yes, I forgot the pet cemetery aspect of it. Yes, so a little pet cemetery, but you know, relatively tame. I have a bottomless hole, and I can't find the bottom of it with my shark fishing line. And the only other correction I'll add in is that it was in Ellensburg, Washington, not Oregon, but basically oh, the same. Yeah, Pacific Northwest. That was close enough. Same thing. I also remember Art being very, very on board to have an expedition down the hole to send people into the hole. Yeah. He was very into it. And he had a lot of callers who were volunteering to go down in cages as well, which That's was right. quite fun. That's right. That's right. So, uh, okay. So Mel convinces art to go on the show again. So Chris, the way that we ended our last episode is that art had gotten a second fax from Mel claiming that he had gone back to his property one day and it was barricaded up. There were a bunch of people there, like with guns, military personnel, and they were not allowing him onto the property, claiming that there was a plane crash, even though Mel didn't see any smoke, right? So right. they wouldn't let him back on. And when he was like, well, it's my property, you have to let me on. And then they started threatening that they were going to find a drug lab on the property <laughs> to keep him off. That's right. Yeah, they were yeah. starting the. uh it would be a really bad, it, it would be a, a shame if something bad happened to you. Yeah, so they were being real sketchy about it, and he got a little scared off, right? Right. So let's jump into the interview with Mel. This is the second interview with Mel where the government has now taken over his property. Uh, since what they had originally there was a barrier, not a barrier, but just armed armed uh, soldiers, basically. Armed soldiers. Armed soldiers uh since then they have erected some um further down the road i mean you can't even I, I mean basically there's the road there's the access road and then finally kind of meander into the property okay. they now have jersey barriers at the road what are those uh, jersey barriers those are uh they're kind of like big chunks of concrete Oh, like the, like the bomb barriers they have at the White House, uh, kind of more or less. So you could you could squeeze maybe one one vehicle through there, but it's uh, you know, definitely being controlled over there. Now this is your property, right? You've this got the is, deed to this property. This is well mine in the banks. <laughs> well, you're you're in the bank, you know, We're all in the same situation. Um, um, holy cow, dude! All right, so they're like setting up a military installation at Mel's house. Yeah, they've just taken it over entirely. Yeah, they eminent domained the bottomless pit. Yeah, and I think it's a little convoluted in terms of where he lives, 
Because it doesn't seem he is living in that exact location. He seems to have a chunk of land that he's on. So I think they've taken over that chunk of land, at least, uh, which did have some different structures and what on it. What do you think the military would want to do with the bottomless hole, Paul? What wouldn't they want to do, Chris, with the bottomless hole? They want to find the reptilians, potentially. Um, But, I mean, honestly, that is a good question. Because this is allegedly brought on by the interview that Mel did on Coast to Coast AM, right? That there's a direct line. He came on. He talked about the hole, even though the hole was known about for decades before he was even on the property, right? All of his neighbors knew about it. He comes on the air, talks about it, and then the military takes it over. So that means that someone was listening to Coast and said, yep, we need to take over this bottomless hole. No, what, what that tells me is that they must know something about bottomless holes. That had to have triggered some alarm somewhere, right? Because otherwise, like, why would they care? Well, we always have to go to the fact, Paul, that Mr. Mel could be some telling some tales. You think he's telling tales? I mean, I don't know. It's just it is uh, it is a little suspicious. It's a little suspicious that, uh, no, I mean... We have shown that the government does listen to Coast to Coast AM on occasion. Have we shown that? Well, with the Area 51 caller. <laughs> Where they shut him down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they, I mean, it is it is kind of funny, though, because I think in terms of this lore, it would mean that they would have to know something about bottomless holes, because I don't know why this would trigger them like that. Well, of course the government knows about bo- bottomless holes. This is paranormal. This is otherworldly. Yeah, that's true. They're the keepers of the esoteric. Well, and the other thing too, Chris. Giants at the Smithsonian. The the other thing too is that when they threatened to say that there was a drug lab on the property, there is sort of a reason why they said that. Apparently, Mel was cooking up some supplements on the property. Cooking up supplements? It. And I was insistent about my property rights, and he seemed to indicate that uh, this might not necessarily be my property in regards to the drug lab. So, uh, um, but the problem is, I do have, uh, I do have a sort of a lab on the property. But oh no, no, wait a minute! Ooh, yep. ooh, ooh, ooh. you have a sort of lab. What kind of lab? Well, I, um, I, I work uh, or working in the alternative health field here and on the property. And that's one of the reasons, and this can all come out now, I imported some um, plant life from northern Nevada. They were Native American plants that the Indians used there for uh, uh, treatment of various illnesses, mostly cold and flu. Yeah. Anyway, so we, uh, because of the nature of the uh, uh the climate and it's very similar to northern Nevada. We thought we would cultivate these plants and then. My dude was importing peyote. <laughs> Do you think that's what it was? I guarantee you that's what it was. He claimed that there was nothing illegal about it, but it sounds like there was something illegal about it. Native American plants from Nevada that are supposed to help you? Yeah, dude. Peyote. That's a possibility, man. But that's the big problem is that Mel's like, I do have a lab on the property, so they could get me. 
I'm practicing alternative medicine, Art. Don't worry about it. My first thought was just weed, dude, but I guess you're right. Yeah. Like, Native American plants from Nevada, it's probably psychedelics. Equals peyote, dude. <laughs> or some other thing I haven't heard of. You know, if if Mel is not lying, maybe that explains the bottomless pit, is that he's been getting a little high on his own supply. He's getting high on his own supply. He's got a bottomless pit that, and it's just, it's just like, it's, there's not even a hole there. There's just a, <laughs> a giant trash pit that Mel's been throwing glass PV tubes <laughs> at like an old refrigerator. It was just like a slightly darker patch of dirt <laughs> that he was just like, whoa, man. It's bottomless. I've never done peyote, but I imagine that you could potentially see a bottomless pit on that. Oh, yeah. That's the, the least shocking thing in the world. And then, yeah, the ATF agents and the or DEA or whoever these people are are like, what, sir, why do you have about a metric ton of peyote on your premises? I mean, he, he claims it wasn't illegal, but uh, who who really knows there? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not knowing, there could have been whole Native American, like, psychedelic and or, you know, at least mind-altering substances that weren't actually scheduled, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So it could have so not was, been illegal, right? Right, it could technically not have been illegal. Yeah, so, because, I mean, they have to find out about it to be illegal it has to be a problem to be illegal or it's like federally illegal and it wasn't illegal in washington yeah something like that you know what i mean i mean those yeah. crazy pacific northwesterners dude they have some different rules than the rest of us yeah well the sketchiness continues chris because not only has the government taken control of the land uh mel is apparently getting some offers to buy the property today on my uh my answering machine i had a message from my real estate agent oh and he says that uh, he had uh someone who is very interesting and interested rather in purchasing my property and uh, would make me a very generous offer now i haven't gotten back to him but uh, i think we put two and two together here Somebody wants to get their hands on my property. So what are you going to do, Mel? Are you going to accept the, quote, generous offer and uh, and get out of this with your skin intact and a few bucks, or are you going to you're going to fight? Well, that's a good question. That's one of the reasons why I didn't get back to my uh, my agent today, you know, is that I wanted to sit down and think about it before I did anything. I don't know what their so-called very generous offer is. Paul, I have a theory about who this potential buyer maybe who i believe it may be the individual dumping thousands of of pounds of meat over in new zealand <laughs> that would make sense someone who has a lot of things to get rid of somebody who has a ton of trash oh wait our patreons aren't going to know that reference yet are they no they're not that's okay, though. You'll find out next episode. It's hard to keep track. It's next hard to keep track. Feed, that's going to be a great joke. Dude, yeah, wait wait for the drop and then come back. And you're going to love that joke. This spot. Dude, I didn't even I, catch that, yeah. 
I think I may have done that on the last Patreon too. Dude, well, it's just like the Patreons come out so immediately and the public feed is delayed. Like, right. we don't delay our Patreons. Like, y'all get this shit the moment we pump it out, dude. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. So, but I think it is interesting, though. Someone's trying to buy it. You know, could be the feds. Who really knows? Give them well, a sweet offer. You had a, could you just throw a bunch of nuclear material down into the bottomless pit? I mean, that's basically what we do with nuclear material, isn't it? Like, we like put it inside of that's, mountains. Like, yeah, honestly, a bottomless pit's kind of a better idea. The The closest thing we got to a bottomless pit is deep within a mountain. Yeah, it's somewhere in West Virginia. Yeah, that's horrifying. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, Chris, so he's getting these, these sweet offers, and apparently he's been doing some digging into the history of the hole. And then finds something pretty peculiar out about it, uh, kind of relating it to Stonehenge. Uh, you know, after, after finding out, you know, the story about the, the black beam, you know, I, uh, the other day I, I, I thought I'd go out there and do some more research amongst the, my, my neighbors who, you know, may have... Uh, that makes sense. You can't go on the property. You might as well talk to the yeah, neighbors. Yeah, yeah. sure. And so, you know, you go out and buy them a cup of coffee and find out a few things here. Anyway, I had... Uh, I talked to one gentleman who's uh, really quite elderly and has lived in the uh, area for a long time, but he said that originally, and this is going way back, so this must go back about 40, 50, maybe longer, that there was a series of, around the hole, there was a series of stone columns. I said stone columns. and Stone, uh, co stone columns? Yeah. And so I asked him, you know, could he like, you know, you know, I, Sketched out a little how the property looks there and see if he could place the uh, stone columns on it. Yeah. So, you know, he drew it on a napkin there, and I said, that's very interesting. Well, I had my, my uh, power book with me, and I uh, pulled up a picture of Stonehenge. Yeah. He says, that's exactly what the thing looked like. You're kidding. He said, he said that they had these, like, pillars lined up, you know, and just like that. He said it wasn't, you know, it didn't have that thing on the top, you know, they, they had some, like, things on top of the pillars of Stonehenge. Dude, that was one of the things I forgot about Mel a little bit, was how good he was at weaving in other mythos yeah. into his bottomless pit. Yeah. So now we got Stonehenge on top of being able to resuscitate humans because I now you know this is all like flooding back memory <laughs> he said that in his will he has it that he is supposed to be disposed in the hole mm -hmm. so this is this is a man who knows how to uh, spin a yarn Man, and that's something that uh, Kenny Boy actually commented on um, one of our Patreon uh, posts was I'm really starting to think that Mel was some sort of writer, kind of like the Area 51 caller turned out to be a pretty successful comic book writer, which I think was a really good point by Kenny because that's what this kind of sounds like to me. And we'll get more into it in part three too. But like he starts like weaving a lot of things into this and he does it really well, especially for the first two um, shows, which I, I honestly kudos to Mel. I think he did a good job of it. But yeah, he's like, all right, I got this hole here. How do I fit in some other cool esoteric stuff? And Stonehenge is a good one. But here's my problem with that. Where the hell did the giant stones go? 
into the hole. They went into the hole? They fell into the hole? Somebody has pushed the giant boulders into the hole, dude. They're covering it up. But who would do that? Because if the government wanted to cover this up, they would have taken control of the hole when they found out about it. I just don't buy that Stonehenge was around the hole. And then someone, like, how would you, because you can't just knock Stonehenge over, dude. Those stones are gigantic. Like, the question is, how was it even built? Like, you would need machinery to do that. And anyone who had the means and the will to cover this up would have covered this up properly and not allowed Mel to own the property, I feel like. I also kind of find a, I find it a little hard to believe that an old white man in the Pacific Northwest at the time didn't know what Stonehenge was. Yeah, that's a good point too. Who doesn't know what Stonehenge is? He's like it's one of the most so biggest things ever. Picture of Stonehenge, and I was like, did it look something like this? And he's like, my God, that's it. Like I know country boys, dude, and they know what Stonehenge is. They know what Stonehenge is, dude. That was like, dude, that's like big, dude. That's British. You know, it's like a little connected to like King Arthur and stuff like that. Like they know about it. Yeah, and it's also esoteric, dude. And if there's one group that is conspiratorial, dude, it's old rural white men. Yes. Come on. Yeah, man. And, like, also, who most likely to be history buffs? Yeah, also true. Also true, dude. Granted, you know, they're, like, reading about submarines and B-52 bombers, but... You still got a deeper appreciation for the deeper long-term thing. And I think Stonehenge is flat in on that. So for me, that that was just one of those, you know, sometimes you can add too many details to a story. Yeah, yeah. And once you start adding too many details, and if you don't keep everything straight, you can it can be your undoing. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, with Mel's Hole, is I feel like he nailed the first one. He started losing footing on the second one a little bit, because the first one was great, because it was just like, there's just a hole, dude, and I don't think there's a bottom, right? There wasn't much more to that call, honestly, besides, like, someone told me a dog came back, but I don't know about it, but that's just what I heard. It's most of what it was. It's pretty simple. And then him throwing trash into it, and then him doing the... Shark fishing line. The shark fishing line, yeah. And here's the other thing about this too, Chris, is that this also is the perfect reason for him to not be able to get a picture of the hole. You can't get photographs, Mel. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, I asked you about photographs. They right. won't let you close enough to take any photographs. Uh, I was I was afraid to take pictures of the guards, to be honest with you. No, I, I, I understand. I, How about a drawing, Mel? Can you get us a drawing? Uh, yeah, I could I could do that. Uh, and... and uh, I, I had a, a question for you. you, you uh, the night that I talked to you, you said you got another fax about an, another anomalous hole. That's right. Colville area. Oh, that's right. So I thought that was interesting because Art started asking about taking pictures. And he's like, no, no, I can't because the, the feds are there or whatever. And then he immediately segues the conversation to another hole. Right. Which I felt what, like was a distraction. Oh, like, 100%, dude. It was misdirection. Yeah, because also it's like, why 
if you're here and you're just pumping fishing line down this hole, why didn't you ever think to take a picture of the hole? Ever. You never once, I mean, I don't know, I don't remember how long he owned the property, but it was like more than three days. It was a long time. He was there for a bit. Enough time to put a freaking lab on it. Right. Yeah. Take pictures of the hole. A, yeah. Enough time and enough time to put miles and miles of shark fishing line down the hole. But he never had time to take one picture of the dang thing. Oh, yeah, man, man has a camera, right? Like, there's no way he doesn't have a camera. He could have taken a picture of this hole. Yeah, even back in the day, dude, everyone you could get a disposable camera. You know what and, I mean? These aren't this isn't this isn't magic by this point. And if you are intrigued enough by the hole to number one, drop like miles and miles and miles of fishing line down it into facts art bell about it you take a picture the, the, mel is just a jo glass i'm i'm really suspecting that yeah brian jo glass the uh, man behind the area 51 caller uh is who chris is referring to there and if you haven't listened to the frantic area 51 caller episode go listen to that i don't know what you're doing yeah our patrons have listened to that one i feel like they have to, man. That one's classic. Uh, but so we got all this laid out, right? We're getting a little sketchy about Mel now on our end, but Art's still fully bought in, and he starts getting real righteous about property rights now. We were going to, I had, Mel, I'm telling you, I've got volunteers who are willing to go down in your hole, but now, now that's obviously not going to occur uh, because. They have your hole. I mean, this is outrageous. This is your property. Yeah, it is my property. That's 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 the uh, the, the incredible thing. I could not step one inch onto my property. You know, it, my my deepest um, incursion only got me onto the access road. I mean, I still got. I mean, I, I mean, I was kept way away from that thing there. How far is it from the access road where you were stopped to the hole? Oh gosh, you'd have to travel. Oh gosh, I would say it's from the access road. Kind of, it's very hilly ground over there, so you kind of have to go around all the low spots there. You might go about a mile and a half or more. You can't even see. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm now. I'm my, my whole mind is ruined now. Thinking about Mel just making all this up. Yeah. Yeah. You're starting to lose. You're starting to lose the infinite hole. I'm losing the infinite hole, and I'm thinking that the this may be like the DEA stopping him from making <laughs> whatever drug recipes he was coming up with out in the middle of nowhere, Washington. Yeah. Well, the really fun thing is that Art now wants to storm the property with media, which I think is pretty fun when adding in, into this lore here. Not a big fan of eminent domain, or, uh, Mr. Arthur Bell, huh? Yeah, dude, he's old school conservative radio, you know what I mean? Like, government, yeah. stay off my property. Yeah, like pure libertarian. Yeah, very much so. Too. I miss those kinds of conservatives. They've gone a little off the rocker now. But like, this is that old school stuff where it's like, leave me alone. I respect that. Yeah, yeah. Reason Magazine is about the only pure libertarians out there anymore. Yeah, but they can be a little corporate bootlickery for me. Yeah, that's true. What's 
uh, we're big on property rights here. Yeah, this is your right. home, not theirs. And and uh, you know we're I mean you know very very militant about that. And they say you know how how can they do that here? Uh, the you know the truth is you know if they say a plane crashed on the property, yeah, and and I I, I don't have any evidence of that, but I mean you know, I expect to see some smoke. But uh, you know, if they're telling people this is a, an accident scene, we got to do an investigation. You know, FAA and all that business there. And, and all right, yes. did they tell you what kind of airplane, civilian, no. military, or what? No, no. no. All right. Um, well, are there any reports? I mean, you, after all, you can check on plane crashes, oh, right? You, well, for, well, first, first of all, over here, if a kid, kid throws a snowball at your car, yeah. in the winter time, that makes the newspaper. <laughs> I mean, so... So there I mean, should have been big news if a plane went down oh, there. Oh, you bet. I mean, we've had planes go down here before. I mean, we've had planes go down, you know, on the other side of the mountains and makes newspaper here. I mean, you know, that's a big deal here. All right, well, look, then, look, then instead of uh, a crowd of civilians, maybe that was a bad idea, how about a crowd of media? I mean, I could get Seattle media by your side and mm -hmm. go marching right up to that, that, that group, right up to the barrier. Yeah, and then then I end up being a, a convicted <laughs> drug drug cooker. <laughs> Getting the media involved. I mean, I bet Art did have a lot of contacts, though. Oh, dude, he's one of the biggest radio shows. I mean, he had what ten to twenty million listeners in like ninety six, ninety seven. Like he had connections, man. He could have done that. Um, and that's the thing too is that after all of these these first two episodes. Ellensburg, Washington was stormed by media because of Coast to Coast AM of people trying to find this hole. Like, it just happened naturally. If Art had actually tried, it definitely would have happened, dude. Right. Well, and also, I'm just thinking, like, I'm sure a lot of people did get pretty ticked off for Mel being yeah. like, this is your property. They've given you no indication as to what they're doing on your property, but they're not allowing you to use it. The people who listen to art would very much care about that. And so I bet it kind of did set off a little like mini firestorm. Yeah, dude. we'll get to some calls in a second um, because like you got a lot of good old boys, dude, listening to Coast right. and they're not down with the government just taking your shit. Oh, dude, these are these. I'm sure the proportion of the libertarian populace that was listening to Art Bell in the 90s, that Venn diagram is typically is like one circle. It's just one. <laughs> there's no diagram. It's just one circle. Just who was there? Yeah. And that's the thing too, man. Is apparently they just like have set up a full military base on the property too, complete with like generators and stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, what they what they saw is actually some uh, mobile buildings being moved onto the property. Uh, apparently, some generators. They're going to have no power or phone on the property. There, you know, we use cell phone if we need to make call. And we used to use solar out there, too. Uh, well, I feel in a way guilty, Mel, um, but uh, your original facts got me going. Well, and there was no way not to follow up on that. And I guess once we aired that, it was too late. It was a done deal. Well, well you, you know, when, you, when, you, uh, when, when I originally approached, approached this thing here, you know, what I wanted to do was to you know, get some good ideas about the, the nature of this thing. You know, I, I guess I was pretty naive about it. Um, All right, you know, Mel, one thing I've got to ask you. Yeah. Um, don't think me rude, but no, it, I've got to ask, Mel. Yeah. 
That's not a drug lab you've got out there, is it? No, no, no. We, we are working with uh, Native American plants. They're plants that Native Americans used. Not a drug lab. <laughs> Specificity on the Native American plants definitely makes me think these are psychotropic plants that either are allowed within state government of Washington and are federally illegal or something along those lines. Yeah, and there's something there, too, about, like, if we are to say that Mel's just making this all up, you know, the the mysticism around Native Americans, especially in the 90s, I feel like there is, like, a little flair there of, like, no, I'm working with, like, Native American plants while I'm next to this infinite bottomless hole that has been here forever. I don't know. There just feels like a he's going for, like, a vibe, you know what I mean? Like, a general mystical vibe, and I think well, the Native American plants add to that. Well, and then Stonehenge around it, and again, yeah. I'm getting these ways of nostalgia. I remember there was like the random clip of him, him being like, well, I'm sitting here looking at the full moon going on to the hole. And well, I was just thinking that like, I, and I don't remember how he connected it, but like if there was some weird, like kind of druidic mysticism yeah. there. Yeah. He's kind of drawing in on that vibe. Right, For sure. You know that naturalist, like Wiccan vibe, dude, of like uh-huh. nature and the earth and the hole. You know, and I just love the fact that it is all about a freaking hole. He's like, I just have a hole in my property, and we're going to talk incredible. about it for it hours. Is incredible, <laughs> and it's so funny because we live in a world now in which Mel's hole can't really exist. Yeah. And that's a shame. Like, you could pretty immediately tell was there a hole somewhere in this city of Washington very, very quickly. And I, I I'll be honest, dude, I have gone on Google Earth and I have searched for this hole based on the coordinates that he has provided on, on other episodes, and I have not found a hole. I, you're not going to. I know. You're not going to find a hole. <laughs> he was looked, taking though. those Native American supplements. Yeah. And he's envisioned the hole. And I think, you know, funnily enough, Paul, I think the hole may symbolize American capitalism and the infinite greed that manifests the whole thing. Where he just keeps going deeper and deeper? Is that what you're saying? Like how and he keeps so, extending right. this story? This Mel's hole is the God hole. And the more stuff we try to fit into the hole, the deeper the hole actually becomes. It's the it, You mean it's the hole where God used to be? That's is right. My God hole? Okay. Yes. That we're filling with the almighty dollar. Right. But it's material. It's, yeah. We can never be satiated. It's it, infinite, bottomless. And we, we will <laughs> attempt and destroy ourselves to fill this hole. And that's where we need our new Messiah. Yeah. Our digital Messiah. Our digital Messiah. He's coming, dude. He's coming. It's. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. So, have you heard the news? 
Chris, you mentioned how uh, Art Bell's callers are going to be revved up by this. Oh, dude. I If I know my callers, they don't care anything about the hole anymore. This man, all he had to say was, feds ain't letting me use my property, dude. We're in the Ruby Ridge era. <laughs> We're in the Waco era. I mean, dude. The right, the right wing fanatics are going to be like, this is my jam right here. We're talking eminent domain. Because wasn't it, wasn't it like Washington or Oregon where it was like the Bundys or something took over the, uh, the, like some BLM land, which is Bureau of Land Management land. It was just like a bunch of ranchers. I know that happened in Montana, I think. Was it Montana? Yeah. But anyways, like, they were listening to Coast to Coast growing up. Mm-hmm. They were listening to Art Bell. Like good Americans. I guarantee that. All right, let's 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 get to our caller. If you had a property, sir, and you're trying to get on it, and they had it all roped off, and they said, go away, you know, we could uh, find I would it. come back with a gun. Well, and and they they haul in a bunch of then trailers. you know what you'd be you'd be a yeah. dead martyr. You take a gun up to a military. <laughs> no, I'd have the press with me, and I mean I would not go at this alone. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, but to, they're not going to drag in a bunch of uh, military trailers to to examine a drug lab. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, that's I, just not. I agree. Logical, I agree know? with you. I agree with you. So they're obviously after the secret of the whole. That's America, baby. I'm coming back with a gun. I'm coming back with a gun. You tell me how to use my land, government. I'm coming back with a gun. Got to show them, dude. That's that's the thing, man. There were a lot of calls like that too, where it's just like you got to storm it, dude. You gotta you gotta get the cameras, and that way, if they shoot you, the world will know. Yes, Which, I mean props, dude. I mean, it didn't work out great at Waco, but. It didn't you know. work at Waco. It didn't work at Ruby Ridge. It didn't. It's never really. Whatever happened in Dog Day Afternoon with Al or, Pacino and his his uh, boyfriend. Uh, here's the thing, though. I think the argument could be made that it did work at Waco, though, and Ruby Ridge because the government stopped doing that shit. They started being much less aggressive in their tactics, which I think. It didn't work at the scene, but it did change the course of action for the government moving forward. So, I mean, probably wouldn't have helped you at the time, but uh, maybe the next hole that was found wouldn't have been shot at. Yeah, but I would also argue that now they're just like tricking people. They're like doing Truman Show for radicals, and I don't know if that's a better course of action for our FBI. You're talking uh, uh, like Gretchen Whitmer? I'm talking like <laughs> Gretchen Whitmer, where 15 of the guys are federal agents and two of the guys are just like Bubba from the block. Or like, uh, um, shoot, what is the uh, the right-wing militant group where the guy was, a, the leader was a fed? Was it Proud Boys? Proud Boys, yeah, like the Proud Boys guy yeah. was giving the feds information. Yeah, it's just like, dude, it's not, it's like, when you come up with the whole plan and get one, like, one doofus 
to go along with it, you're not doing a good job. When in doubt, dude, everyone's a fed. We so, might be uh, feds. Don't trust us. Yeah, I'm not. I'm the this. I don't think it is. I mean, yeah, they didn't kill a bunch of children. Good. Thanks, FBI, for not doing that. Thanks, ATF, for not killing a bunch of kids. Good work. But, like, I don't think things have improved a whole markedly. I I think I think they have, but I, that's also like outside the discussion today, honestly. True, um, true. But true. there but are some more. This man's whole Paul. There are some Art Bell episodes that we could get more deep into that discussion. But like you said, Chris, they're taking us whole. They're taking us whole. But here's the thing, dude. There are some callers who don't buy what Mel's putting down. So I think they're important to show too. Let's get that. Let's get that. I need to hear this. Uh, I've got a couple of faxes here uh, that are not kind, Mel. They say this man is lying. His voice is shaking so much. He's stuttering. Um, He's searching for words. He's in a bind because you're paying attention to his fable, you know, made-up story, they're saying. And um, you have to come up with something that would keep you from finding out about his lie. So here's another one. says, Mel's hoax. Aren't you fallen for another one? Well, I am a little naive, and I, I like stories like yours, Mel, and so I do tend to go for them. Is it? I mean, do you swear that this is absolutely the truth? Well, look, I would have rather not have talked or called or faxed or anything in regards to this subject at all. Yeah, the people need to understand. You faxed me, but I'm the one who called you. I, I would I would have preferred, to be honest with you, to, to be there tomorrow morning, letting a little more line down into the hole and, uh, and just going along my merry way. And then getting you on the air stopped all that, and plus put the idiots there that are there. You don't ever really hear too much pushback from the audience, I feel like. Yeah. Or, or, or at least you're not playing it. I really only go off of what you've played, but I feel like in our long run, you have rarely played any pushback on the guest. Yeah, but on on this one, there was a lot more pushback that came into play. Right. And I think that just goes to the fact that he's making the fish a little too big at this point. Right. But you're right. Like, there is, like, when you're listening to Coast, either past or present, there is not much pushback at all. Most people are in on it, or they're building on it, or they're disagreeing by having their own pet conspiracy that they prefer. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it was. it's like, no, 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 no. It's not the tall grays. It's the mantis people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, it could be the tall grays, but the mantis ones are the are really behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the they're the puppet masters. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, if you think about it, the coast audience is really kind. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Which, which is well, nice. And this is, I think. The thing I love so much about this whole world is that it is, in a weird way, strangely open-minded. Mm-hmm. And you can get into some realms, right? Of course, as if anything, right? It's the same with politics. I can talk to the vast majority of Americans about American politics. There's about five to ten percent 
on either side that it's like, I don't even want to discuss like culture with you. Like, I don't want to talk about movies and television with you because you're an insane person. Right. But 70, 80% of America, I could talk to politics about, right. We may have disagreements. We may see things a little bit differently, but, but for the most part, we're not going to get angry at each other. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I think one of the cool things about this world, especially at the time that art was giving these people to all come together, who probably all were from very disparate parts of the community. Right. I, I would, I would love to see like the richest person that listened to art and the poorest person that listened to art. You know what I mean? And like, I bet art, spanned race and i bet art spans you know well we know for a fact he he was coast to coast literally yeah so all types of people and there's we don't really have that anymore we don't have a space for the 70 percent of us yeah no i think that's true so anyways, all that to say, I'm going to say Mel doesn't have a hole, sadly. <laughs> I think if the feds did come to his property, it was because he may have had some hallucinogenic or psychotropic drugs he wasn't supposed to have. Yeah, no, I think that's very true. And I think you're right. Like, I think Art Bell was, you know, a space where everyone came together. He was like the DMV of right radio where it's like no matter who you are you have to go to the dmv you know what i mean like right. you get a lot different you get a slice of humanity at least in america there um but this is one where i think the audience is starting to lose metal a little bit like they didn't right. on the first time um because he is making the fish a little too big dude and i think that's where where he faltered um but we will get even more into it because chris after this, this is just part two. On part three, he's going to find another hole. There are interdimensional coins that are involved. There are kidnappings involved. There is a journey to Australia, a return back to America. Uh, he gets teeth stolen. It gets real weird, dude. Mel's on one. Mel is on one. And I think he is. I think he is a storyteller. And I think he probably was bored. Yeah. And this was just a fun way to to spend a few weeks or months, however long it, it, he he ran on coast to coast. It was a couple of years. Uh, he calls couple back of a years. couple years oh, later. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. So, so he was a, not quite a J.C. Webster, but a little bit. Yeah, he shows up. Uh, again a couple years later but we will we will definitely get to it but uh that will be the end of this patrons only episode we hope you enjoyed the return to bell's hole we'll make sure that part three does not take quite as long as part two did uh but thank you for being a patreon subscriber and not a mooch dude 10 out of 10 for all of you listening right now and we will be back with more extra content for you all soon uh chris any parting words all conspiracy all the time later <laughs>